Good morning, church. Welcome. It's good to be together again. For those of you in South Africa, our in-person services now can accommodate a few more people due to uh, the ease in the restrictions. But uh, do remember to book your seats and I hope to see you there in person. Well, I trust you are enjoying this series as we look at less known stories of the Bible. Today is part three, the floating axe. In today's story, we will hear about something that was lost. Have you ever lost or damaged something valuable that was not yours, that had been lent to you, that belonged to someone else? How did you feel? Let me ask you this. How do you handle the things others lend you? How do you handle the things that are not yours? Do you treat them as good as you treat your own things? Or are you careless with what is not yours? Or do you treat them better than you treat your own things? I want you to think about this. Our story today takes us to an unusual event that happened in the life of prophet Elisha. Elisha wanted a double portion of the anointing Elijah had. And when Elijah was taken up to heaven, Elisha received a double portion of Elijah's anointing. You read that more miracles were performed by Elisha than Elijah. Elisha ran a school for the sons of the prophets. This was a ministry school where young Jewish men would sit under the teaching of the prophets and hence the name Sons of the Prophets to learn more about God and His ways. Now, Elisha's ministry school grew and needed a larger venue to accommodate his students properly. And so the students suggested cutting down trees and building a larger facility. They wanted to go to the margins of the Jordan River and there cut down trees for their project. The prophet agreed. One of the students asked Elisha to come with them, and he did. And then this happened. I'm reading from 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 5 to 7. But as one was cutting down a tree, one of those students was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. And he cried out and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. <laughs> and so the man of God said, Where did it fall? And he showed him the place. And so he cut off a stick and threw it in there. And he made the iron float. Therefore, he said, pick it up for yourself. And so the young man reached out his hand and took it. If you read the King James Version, it sounds even stranger. It says the following, and he cut down a stick and cast it further. And the iron did swim. <laughs> okay, the iron did swim. I can just imagine uh, that axe head floating from the bottom and then wiggling its way <laughs> towards the uh, margin of the river where the young man could reach out and grab it. Now, of course, the, the strange part of the story 
is the iron floating. Now, you know that an axe head is made of iron. And iron does not float, right? Except, of course, when you throw a stick, a branch on the water, right? <laughs> Listen, this was clearly a miracle. Sometimes we use the word miracle in a general sense to describe something amazing or something unexpected. But in the biblical sense, a miracle is when God suspends the natural laws of the universe to bring about an extraordinary result. The universe is His. And he can suspend any natural law or principle if he wants to. And he does this to show that he is God, almighty God. And he does this to show kindness to us. In this case, in this story, it was a miracle of restoration. That miracle took place to bring about restoration. The miracle was the axe floating and being restored to the young man and then to the owner of the axe. But think what would happen if the axe had not been restored. Listen, someone trusted that young man with their axe. If he lost it, they would lose their trust in him. Because the axe floated, that trust was restored even before it was lost. <laughs> if the axe had been lost, you can be sure that word would spread that this ministry of Elisha's cannot be trusted. You lend them something and they don't look after it. <laughs> you know how there are always people looking to point fingers at churches and ministries. And it was true back then too. Israel was busy going through a phase again of drifting away from the true God and entertaining idolatry. And so the reputation of Elisha's school of ministry was restored again even before it was lost. And then a valuable tool was restored. You see, to you and to me, it's just an axe. If we lose an axe, we go to the hardware store and there is a selection to choose from at affordable prices. But back then, an axe was a luxury item, a valuable tool. Keep in mind that this incident happened during the Iron Age. It was a technology still under development and sometimes it was hard to find axes or, or swords or anything made out of steel or iron. In fact, the Bible talks about a day that the Jewish army only had two swords. 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 22. So it came about on that day of battle, take note, that there was neither sword nor spear found in the hand of any of the people who were with Saul and Jonathan. But they were found with Saul and Jonathan, his son. In other words, Saul and Jonathan had swords. Nobody else had. Imagine going to battle with no steel or iron weapons except two swords. All this to say that the axe was a precious and valuable commodity. And so that day, something precious and valuable 
was restored even before the owner knew that it was lost. <laughs> now, why is this story in the Bible? Why did God bother with, with something as trivial as a and small as a lost ex? Well, because God cares. He cares about small things and he cares about big things. As I've just mentioned, for that young man, it was actually a big thing because axes were valuable, expensive tools. He borrowed one because he could not afford one. And if he had to pay it back, it would be an enormous challenge for him. Remember, this young man is in a ministry school. He's a ministry school student. He's a seminary student, a Bible school student. And young seminary students, like most students in any field, don't have much money. If you read chapter 5 and the rest of chapter 6, you will find that this story is sandwiched between two other stories of God's intervention. God's intervention in those two stories are of national proportions. And then there is a young student and his lost axe head in between. You see, God cares for big things. And God cares for small things. For us, small things can become big things. They needed to know back then. And we and I, we need to know today that God cares. He works in different ways with each one of us. But the message we need to embrace is God cares and God restores. Amen. Now, in the context of the day when this happened, this incident was meaningful in a few ways. To the young man, as we've already mentioned, the fact that God cares and God restores. To Elijah and the sons of the prophets, it would have been a great encouragement to them. God saw their trouble and God helped them. Hallelujah. Now to the nation of Israel, it was a testimony of the power of their God. Many at this time in Israel were turning to other gods and other nations for help. Through this miracle, God is appealing to them once more to turn to Him, to repent, to trust Him completely, because their God is the only one who can truly help them. And to them back then, and to us today, it demonstrates God's government and providence over all. What do I mean by that? For this miracle to take place, Elisha had to be there by the banks of the Jordan with everybody else. Notice the young man immediately called on the man of God when he lost his ex. If the prophet had not been there, a personal disaster would have taken place that day. And so now we understand why that uh, why that random verse 3 is there in the passage. In 2 Kings 6.3, it says, Then one said, 
please consent to go with your servants. And he answered, I will go. Then one said, one of the students, one random student, as the guys are on the way, some random guy says to the prophet, won't you please go with us? And Elisha went. Elisha was going to stay back. But some random guy asked the prophet to go with them, and he does. So now we know why God orchestrated that the prophet would be there even though at the beginning of the story, it did not really make sense. Elisha did not know what was going to happen, but God did. And he placed the prophet there nearby. You see, God's providence is always at work, even when we don't perceive it until much later. God arranges circumstances long before we know that we will need them. Even the trivial things of our lives today or tomorrow, you know, that missed appointment or the person you happen to meet randomly at the store or through a mutual friend, an engaging book that you read or the long lost acquaintance that you bumped into uh, at the mall, or that patient that you meet when you go for treatment at the doctor or at the hospital. And there are so many other possibilities. You see, God could be using these small things to become part of something that is of far greater significance. It could be for your own spiritual growth, or it could be an opportunity to help someone and and be of service, or it could be to bring someone who is lost to Jesus. (laughs) But what about the significance of this story to us today? As for the people back then, there are obvious lessons of God's care, God's power to restore, and God's providence in our lives today. But let us for a moment look at the axe, the axe head. And let that axe head be a symbol of our soul, of our existence. Hmm. You and I, we are that axe. Now stay with me now, okay? And, And listen carefully, follow this. An axe is made for a purpose. It is meant to be used in a certain way to achieve certain results. <laughs> now, there is nothing more useless in this world <laughs> than an axe at the bottom of the Jordan River. Uh, the, the Jordan River has been described as a river of death. Why? Because the Jordan flows into the Dead Sea where nothing grows. Anything falling into the Jordan River is taken down by the current to a place of death, the Dead Sea. An axe at the bottom of the Jordan (laughs) will never realize the purpose for which it was made, right? Well, listen, you and I, we are made in the image of God. And we were created to achieve some particular purpose in Him and for Him. But we cannot achieve our purpose if we are lost. (laughs) When you and I are lost, 
your way is down. The only way is down. No one can help you but God. The man who lost the axe, he had a liability. He lost the axe head, but it did not belong to him. It was borrowed. Now listen, the soul that belongs to you is not yours. It is borrowed. And one day you will have to give an account of what you did with it. You are liable for your lostness. Huh? In being lost, there are limitations. As smart as people are, if they are lost, they still have limitations. They are not all that they can be. At every turn, they will encounter limitations due to the fallen nature of man. Listen, until you have been saved and restored by the Lord, God cannot get all He wants out of you. You will never achieve the fullness of your purpose if you are not restored by the Lord. You may have many achievements, but all you are doing is moving down, down, down that river towards the deadness of the Dead Sea. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 26, For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? You see? So no matter how much you achieve in this world, if you are lost, it's worthless. The man who lost his axe head would never have it restored if he did not admit that he had lost it. Hmm? The man had to admit he lost so it could be restored. And you and I, we cannot be saved nor restored unless you admit that you are lost, that you have lost something. You cannot get off drugs or substance abuse or anything holding you back. You cannot turn your life around until you admit that you have a deficiency, that you have a problem that you are lost. You can smile and pretend. You can hide your problem. You can run. But until you admit that you are lost, you cannot get saved. You cannot be restored. Amen? Now, Elisha, he could not have recovered the man's ex if he had not admitted that he had lost it. Nothing in the Jordan could save that axe. It is the nature of iron to go down. You know what? It is my nature to go down. It is your nature to go down. It is man's fallen nature to go down. What the iron fell into, that Jordan River, it could not help him out. It fell to the bottom of a dead river. Man's nature takes him or her to places that cannot help him or her. Elisha had to take a stick, a, a branch, and throw into the river. That branch represents life. And then the iron comes up and floats and even swims on the water. This is a message of salvation 
and of restoration. If your ex is at the bottom of the Jordan, if you are lost, if you are not saved, then admit that you are lost and call on the Lord for help. He will save your soul. He'll bring you out of the bottom of the Jordan and give you life. He will restore your relationship with God and enable you to live out the purpose for which God has created you. But as followers of Christ, there is another parallel that this event opens up for us. Losing the axe head can also mean losing our first love. Hmm? That axe head didn't suddenly fly off. It first became slightly loose. And one thing that contributes to the head becoming loose is an axe that is not sharp. A blunt axe bounces off the wood instead of cutting into it and gradually loosens the handle. When this happens, one has to stop and tighten the handle and sharpen the axe. We need to realize that all that we have is by the grace of God. Everything that we have, our soul, our breath, our possessions, it all belongs to God. And we are simply stewards caring for what belongs to God but has been entrusted to us. The gifts and the talents that God has given us are for the purpose of growing the kingdom of God. If we don't use these gifts or tools or axes for the Lord's work, then we have lost our exit. It has sunk in the muddy waters of the Jordan. Speaking to the church in Ephesus, Jesus said the following. This is in Revelation chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. Jesus said, Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have lost your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. Because of our nature, our tendency is down. If we are not careful, the circumstances of life, our lack of discipline, our spiritual routines of prayer, Bible reading, and church attendance, it can all contribute to us losing our first love. Our ex becomes blunt. The head becomes loose. And pretty soon, we are going through the motions, but the life is not there anymore. It is time now for restoration. Remember, from where you have fallen, Jesus said. The prophet asked the young man where he had lost his ex. The young man showed him. We need to remember where we have fallen. What are the things that got in the way of our first love? Confessing and repenting will cause the power of God to restore us again, to restore our love for Him. Remember that obedience to the Lord is the result of our love for Him. 
And that is why Jesus calls the church back to their first love. But in our story, once the axe floated, the prophet asked the young man to go get it. You see, the Lord will do what we cannot do. We cannot make the axe float. We cannot save ourselves. We cannot restore ourselves. We have to call out to the Lord and let Him do these things in us. But then <laughs> we pick up that floating axe head and use it. We get back into fellowship with God and with His people. We get back into prayer and Bible study. We get back into serving the Lord with the gifts, the talents, and the skills He has given us. <laughs> we get involved in ministry and in growing the kingdom of God. At the beginning of this message, I asked you a few questions. How do you handle the things that others lend you? How do you handle things that are not yours? Do you treat them as good as you treat your own things? Are you careless with what is not yours? Or do you treat them better than you treat your own things? So, now that you have heard about the floating axe and heard the significance and applications of the story, what is your answer? <laughs> How do you handle the things others lend to you? How are you handling the soul that God lent to you? Huh? How do you handle things that are not yours? How do you handle that skill, that ability, that gift, that opportunity that God entrusted <laughs> to you? Do you treat them as good as you treat your own things? Do you treat your soul as good as you treat the material things that you have obtained? <laughs> well, you, you get the point, right? So if today you realize that you have lost your first love, God is here to restore you. If you feel your ex is getting blunt, that you are not as sharp as you were in the things of the Lord, that you are losing the zeal for the things of God in your life. Today, the Lord wants to bring restoration to your soul. And if you are listening to this message and you are not right with God, you have not trusted in Jesus as your Lord and Savior yet, the Lord is calling you. The cross of Calvary will raise you up from the bottom of the Jordan and cause you to swim in the power of the Holy Spirit and become what God intended you to become. Today's story points to God's desire and God's power to restore. God wants to restore your soul. God wants to restore your first love. God wants to restore your calling and God wants to restore a valuable instrument in his hands. And that instrument is you. You are valuable and precious to him. As we pray now, if that is you, come, join me in prayer. Then take time today and during the week to continue this conversation with the Lord.
talk to him about areas in your life that need to be restored. If you need someone to pray with you, contact us with your prayer request or speak to a Christian friend. As for those of you who feel your axe head is sharp and in place, listen, stay alert, okay? Because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Stay in fellowship. Stay in the word. And make sure that your axe remains sharp by taking care of your body of your mind, of your emotions, and of your spirit. Listen, right there is a whole other message, okay? But make sure you stay sharp. Amen? Come, let us, let us pray. Lord, it is good again to gather around your word and to remember these strange things that have happened in the life of believers in the life of prophets, in the life of those who are seeking to follow you and grow closer to you. Thank you for this message today, Lord. Thank you for having made sure this message stayed in the word, lost it all today and comes to us today to remind us of your power, to remind us of your love and of your great desire to restore. So Father, if there is someone watching or listening today, Lord, that need to be saved, Father. Right now, help them to, to make this simple prayer. And if that is you and you want to be saved, just simply say, Lord Jesus, I admit I am lost. I need salvation, Lord Jesus. Forgive me and restore me. Hallelujah. If you are a believer, but you've been struggling, you've been losing your edge, or maybe you lost your first love, or maybe you're losing that passion to serve the Lord right now. Cry out to God and say, Lord Jesus, I admit I've lost my first love or I've lost my passion. Or Lord, I'm losing the edge. Help me, Lord. Restore me, Lord. I come to you today, Lord. And I trust in you for my restoration. And Father, for everyone that is praying, that has prayed, that will be dealing with these issues today, Father, I pray that your presence will be strong in their midst, my God. Embrace them with your love, Father. Cause the things that have been lost to be restored again, Father. Cause the things that have been deadened to be revived again in Jesus' name, Lord. You are a God of restoration. And so I pray, Lord, restore Restore, restoring Jesus' name, Lord. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing and for what you're going to do in our lives for your glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah, amen. <laughs> Listen, don't miss next Sunday's final episode of our series as we look at another less known strange story. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday, a wonderful week until we meet next time.